Hi guys and welcome back to Astrology and You. I'm Alice. And I'm Maxine and today we're bringing you a look at November's astrology. Yeah, so this is actually the second time we've recorded this episode. Um, We're recording this on Friday, October 28th. We tried to get ahead and be productive, and we recorded it last Wednesday. So yeah, whatever, like 10 days ago was. Um, And when we got to the end of the recording, Maxine realized nothing had recorded on her computer (laughs) on GarageBand. So we're trying this again. Yeah, and it's so funny because beforehand too, like we always look at the astrology and I mean, I guess we record on Wednesdays, which is about it's Mercury day. So you'd think it would work, but not always. Yeah, whenever the moon is configured with Saturn, there's usually some issues with recording the podcast. So if you're into pulling up charts for launching something or doing an important project, I try to avoid moon Saturn (laughs) conjunctions specifically. Yeah. It literally didn't work, but we're back with take two. (laughs) Yeah, so a lot has happened since our October 2022 forecast. So just to backtrack a little of like what we're headed into the month of November with, um, Maxi, did you notice anything with that October 25th solar eclipse in Scorpio? That was kind of the huge thing that happened at the end of last month. Oh my gosh, yeah. So, I mean... I feel like this eclipse was so big for me because it was on my moon and opposite my sun, but it really had me rethinking so much and helping me just get more balance and more perspective. And I felt like I just had so, so many downloads. Like I just feel like a new person coming out of it. Yeah, because it was a six house eclipse for you. So it was kind of like, also, yeah, how can I have more energy to do the work that's meaningful to me? So like you Mm -hmm. had that vacation away and that gave you some perspective on that yeah yeah we went on a vacation it was actually Nick and my eight-year anniversary so it was so special we got to celebrate that and it really helped to just we were hiking every day and it made me feel so renewed and rejuvenated and just really you know when you get back from vacation you just want to carry that with you Mm -hmm. (laughs) like throughout every day that sense of peace so yeah it definitely had me thinking about how I can find more balance because Like moon in the sixth house, I'm such a workaholic if I don't watch it. Like I love to work. I love doing what I do. (laughs) So more balance. I think I noticed across the board with that solar eclipse in Scorpio, just a theme of like endings or release before you could move forward. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. A lot of the time a solar eclipse is seen as a new beginning, but the lesser known part of that is like sometimes it's also an ending as well. So if you guys listening to this experience that, um, that's kind of what a solar eclipse tends to do. Yeah, especially with this one being a Scorpio eclipse plus the south node. I definitely noticed those themes too. Um, but Alice, what what did you experience? Um, with the solar eclipse, I was kind of, I was scared. I tell people not to be scared of astrology, but like having a solar eclipse in the fourth house, I literally thought something traumatic was going to happen within the family thankfully nothing has I've just been spending a lot more time with them like it was so interesting um right before the solar eclipse like the sun and venus moved into those early degrees of scorpio and that's where my Mm -hmm. ic is my ic line so 
having the sun and Venus right on top of it, like for a day or two, I like saw my grandparents. I was like having the best time with my dad and stepmom. It was so literal of like a sun Venus conjunction on my IC. Oh, I love that. With eclipses, there's definitely so much fear associated with them. And I, I get that there can be unexpected things, but yeah, mm-hmm. it doesn't always have to be that way. And then also, I think we'll touch upon this like a little when we get into other transits coming into November, but Jupiter, um, the day we're recording this, October 28th, Jupiter has moved back into Pisces for a third and final round until December 20th. Yeah. Yeah, so for the next, like, almost two months or so until December 20th, um, you're getting a final hit of, like, Jupiter to that Pisces-ruled house of your chart. So if you didn't see, like, full developments happen there, the other two times Jupiter was in Pisces, so that was, like, summer 2021 and then winter, spring of 2022, you may finally see what um, you hoped would happen in that part of your chart. Like, Jupiter went back into the eighth house for me. And my dad messaged me, um, he kind of handles my like, he's really good with stocks and trading and all that financial stuff. So he let me know that he was investing my money into the stock market. So it was so literal, like Jupiter in the eighth house, like passive income. And like, I hadn't seen that the other two times Jupiter was in the eighth, I wasn't investing anything. So it's interesting this happened. That's so literal. Jupiter in the eighth is actually... It's like a hit or a miss for me. Like that transit was such a mix, mixed bag, but that's definitely a positive association. Yeah. <laughs> it's a very expensive transit. Like I've never spent so much money in my life <laughs> as Jupiter going through the eighth house. I love the way you put that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, let's get into the November forecast. Okay. Yeah. So um, that was kind of a little recap, but the month is also starting off strong with Scorpio season still going on. So that's been going on since October 23rd and will continue through about, is it November 22nd when it shifts to Sagittarius season? Mm, it depends. Yeah. I mean, I think it's the 22nd for okay. all time zones, but. Okay. Yeah. So for the majority of the month, we have Scorpio season going on and mm-hmm. we're coming off that energy of the solar eclipse, which is like a new moon. Um, for the month. So you're building maybe upon whatever realizations or like ideas came to you at the solar eclipse. So the first um, 10 days or so of the month, as we lead up to that lunar eclipse in Taurus on November 8th, we'll touch upon that a little more later. Um, we'll probably be busy as you like see things come together, you make progress on projects. Um, and or just like form new relationships because we're in the waxing moon phase coming into the start of the month. Yeah, a lot of activity happening. And since it is so focused with that Scorpio energy, I mean, just generally feeling a lot more focused within maybe wanting to do spiritual growth or learn more about yourself or transform some behaviors or making that change a little bit more accessible. I feel like it's just you're wanting to kind of take steps towards something. Yeah, it's like there's the Venus. It's not only the suns in Scorpio, it's Venus, sun, and Mercury all at the same time. Um, And that I just feel like is so Scorpio season energy is so introspective. So a lot of this is like turning your attention Mm -hmm. inwards. Like you said, Maxine, what can I improve upon within myself? How can I transform patterns in relationships? How can I just understand my own behavior better so a lot of time there's like an interest in 
kind of themes pertaining to psychology or therapy or like self-help. It's like wanting to release patterns holding you back. Mm, Yeah. And that also too, not only like self-behavior, but understanding yourself better in relationship to others is a huge theme of Scorpio season. So like wanting to form greater intimacy, wanting to bond more with other people, um, but in a more deeply connected way. So less, maybe you're wanting to really dive deeper into friendships or wanting to just get to know your partner better or find more meaningful connections even. Yeah. And if something doesn't feel meaningful, like there's a relationship that just won't go any deeper, this Scorpio season is often a turning point where it's like, do are the relationships I maybe established during Libra season where where it was like light and fun and social, like can those make the jump to Scorpio season of going deeper, having more intimate conversations or greater commitment somehow? And a lot of times it can't. Yeah, it's very all or nothing Scorpio season. Um, I guess like just having so much Scorpio in my own chart, I love this season because it really just, just, it helps you to see things much more clearly for what they are and then being able to like act based on that. I would say it's the easiest like water sign season for me, for sure. Not my favorite season that the sun can be in, but I feel like when you're looking at it, And when you're looking at Scorpio in comparison to Cancer and Pisces, like my emotions are kind of all over the place during Cancer and Pisces season. But Scorpio season, it's very much more controlled and focused. And like, oftentimes I get a lot of work done during Scorpio season. Yes, I'm so glad you brought this up. And this will be the last thing because I could talk about Scorpio forever. (laughs) But, but, But I think Scorpio a lot of times gets just grouped into being a very emotional sign. And I would say it is, but it's much more even using that emotional, passionate energy towards something. I feel like it's almost this emotional energy that you can more easily focus. And it has a lot of perseverance to it too. So maybe making more use of that if, if you need to get work done. Yeah, if anyone has Scorpio, like, planets in their chart, especially the inner planets, you definitely know what we're talking about. Like, just having such a drive (laughs) when you're passionate about something, like, not stopping until you get what you want or you accomplish what you set out to do. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So Scorpio season, you will be feeling that going into the month of November and um, really, really strongly because, like Alice said, we also have Mercury and Venus clustered there. Yeah, and so... That's like the general Scorpio season themes for everyone, but obviously that's going to be a bit different for you based on your rising sign. So we want to go through what, where the focus will be for all the rising signs by element. So kicking it off with fire sign risings, this would be Aries, Leo, or Sagittarius risings. Um, Scorpio season affects the more like emotional parts of your chart, like the fourth, eighth, and 12th houses. So it can be definitely a more introverted time where you're a lot, where you're doing a lot of reflecting on maybe the past or your emotions, or you're realizing how you can overcome maybe relationship conflict or approach family relationships differently. Um, It's not the most social fun season, I would say. (laughs) Yeah, I agree. It's definitely a season, like you said, where you need to kind of hang back a little bit or you need to rest or rejuvenate or go inward and kind of see where maybe things have been getting in your way, how you might change things up. So it's more smooth sailing going forward. Yeah, and taking time for rest. Like you always need those necessary moments throughout the year to pull back from hanging out with people so much or working 
so hard at work and reflect on like what's meaningful to you and how can you just slow down a bit. Also, it can just be a lot more emotional. So we mentioned that Scorpio season, you know, isn't always emotional, but I would say, yeah, for fire risings, that can be a more emotional season. Yeah. And then for earth rising, so this is for Taurus risings, Virgo risings, and Capricorn risings, it is a bigger focus on relationships. So, you know, whether that's people who are really close in your life, like friends or maybe family or loved ones or a partner, it really has you focusing more on the other and seeing how you can be there for them, how you can show up for them more. Maybe you're just more busy overall with like social engagements or even just needing to be there for a friend or something. Yeah, like you said, it could be like platonic or romantic. So if you're wanting to date, this probably would be the time of the year to do it. Um, But it could also just be having your friends reach out a lot more and having activities to attend for other people. Um, yeah, it's just being very busy, like having more people reach out than usual. And I also would add that, you know, with this one, you might kind of be noticing who your real friends are. I noticed that with those, with that season, you might just be feeling that it's really obvious, like who's reaching out to you or how can you show up more for your friends if it's not the other way around. So just kind of noticing who's in your life and, um, appreciating them. Also reaching like a pivotal turning point in a relationship. I'm specifically looking at like Taurus rising just because it's yes. eclipses across the first and seventh house. So having something major happen in a relationship, which could be like engagement or marriage or moving in together or like becoming more committed to your partner or or on the other hand, realizing you don't want to do this anymore and going through a breakup. So just wanted to like flag that. Dora's risings are feeling a ton, so it might even extend beyond the theme of relationships for you just because of this eclipse season, just bigger things happening altogether. Yeah. Okay, so then we get to air risings, so Gemini, Libra, and Aquarius risings. Um, Scorpio season's a lot about work and career for you, so maybe seeing more job opportunities come in, or you're just feeling more motivated to like set long-term goals for your career and work towards something or get your own business ideas off the ground. Um, so if that's been something that you just have been low energy about recently, maybe finding more joy again in work. Yeah, and so I'm a Gemini rising. I'm definitely feeling that. <laughs> um, I think it really has... has Also, it's a great time for just rethinking career goals or not even career goals, but I guess wanting to think about what you want to contribute or how you can be a little bit more focused or better about your routine, even if it's not about work. Yeah, outside of work, definitely the routine thing. And then maybe also like with a Gemini rising for specifically would be like health and how can I treat my body better and be more mindful of like having these like little routines and rituals where I'm exercising or going for a walk every day or eating healthy. Yeah, more balance for sure. Because for Air Risings, it's definitely focused on work. But I think sometimes that makes you realize where you need to kind of find the balance there, especially Mm -hmm. with the upcoming eclipse. Yeah, definitely. 
And then for water risings, this is Cancer, Scorpio, and Pisces risings. This is a lot about putting the focus back on yourself and especially so for Scorpio risings. So a lot about self-discovery, learning more about who you are, maybe doing some like soul searching of sorts or kind of seeing how you can show up more for yourself or find more self-love and self-acceptance. Yeah, like if you have a random interest come up at this time, it's definitely worth pursuing because maybe that interest turns into something you want to learn more about in depth and that maybe that later on informs like you applying that new knowledge to your career. So you never know where that like inkling of like, I'm curious about exploring this specific hobby or interest could lead you. I would also say for water risings is a lot about like building greater self-esteem and not comparing yourself to other people so much at this time. Mm. it's wanting to start things that are new for sure like I like that love that you mentioned the curiosity part because it's really a more playful season where you might need to just explore new things or do things without necessarily having a a specific purpose in mind Mm -hmm. it could just be oh this interests me I'm going to get a book on it or oh I want to pursue this I'm going to just try it and take a leap of faith yeah so like a fun kind of like fun relaxed um self-focused season for you guys okay so with that that's a little bit about what you can expect with Scorpio season which again goes all the way through most of the month um and then maybe we can just touch on Alice a couple of the things that we're also feeling (laughs) I know we mentioned these in the last episode and we have separate podcast episodes on Mars retrograde now and the eclipses but yeah definitely go back to Mars retrograde eclipses episode for those more in depth if you're wanting more knowledge on those Um, but I feel like it's worth mentioning Mars retrograde just started on October 30th so that's a huge theme we're entering November with um, is that initial phase of Mars retrograde like November is probably the trickiest time um, out of that retrograde period Yeah, and Mars retrogrades, they don't happen very often, so about every two years. And so you might just be feeling things are a little more frustrating, or maybe if you, you know, with that, we mentioned that there was that solar eclipse, so maybe you're wanting to take action on something, but you don't, you're not able to fully go forward, like, at full speed right now. So things can kind of feel a little bit difficult to move through. Yeah, having a feeling of frustration, things aren't going as you planned, maybe something you had planned falls through unexpectedly. Those are huge Mars retrograde themes or also not knowing where to direct your energy or decision you need to make right now, whether that's regarding a relationship or work or something else. It's just not entirely clear what next step you need to take and it probably won't be entirely until Mars retrograde lifts on January 12th. Overall, I would say definitely lower energy or also just feeling, we mentioned frustrated, but also just feeling like, I I love that you mentioned not exactly knowing where to direct your energy right now, because I feel like oftentimes with Mars retrogrades, you just need to kind of sit things out a little bit (laughs) before Mm -hmm. taking action, which can be really frustrating, but ultimately when that lifts mid-January, you'll kind of look back and it'll be like, oh, I see why I had to go through that because it led me to this place. Also, the fact that Mars retrograde starts on a square to Neptune and Jupiter as well, because Jupiter just moved into Pisces. Um, So it's those later degrees of Gemini activating the later degrees of Pisces there. Mars-Neptune aspects in general are so like... 
you can try as hard as you want to get traction with something or um, get somewhere new, but Neptune tends to like slow Mars down and just make things feel a lot like very confusing or um, like nothing concrete is really taking form yet. Also, you just mentioned Jupiter. And so just briefly, Jupiter moving back into Pisces. This is that final hit of that Pisces energy. So that happened on the 28th of October. And this month as well, you'll also be feeling a desire to maybe improve in the area of life ruled by Pisces in your chart. So also, aside from looking at Gemini in your chart, look to see the house ruled by Pisces because you might experience just more improvements being made in that area of life or wanting to grow, whether that's relationships, self-growth or whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've recapped everything we're coming into (laughs) November with, that took a while because there was so much that happened like the last five days of October. It's crazy. Um, So much. The first major event we get in November is the November 8th lunar eclipse in Taurus. Yeah, and I'm so excited for this. But really, this is a great eclipse for just allowing yourself to pause and midway through kind of Scorpio season, I guess, and just checking in with yourself to see how you can find more balance. So, you know, we mentioned before those themes of Scorpio season. Maybe if before you were focused on relationships, now you're reeling it back in to make sure that you're also not overlooking your own needs. Yeah, it's finding that balance between the Scorpio-ruled house of your chart and the Taurus-ruled house of your chart. So yeah, if we said you were introverted and emotional, maybe it's like you finally shift back and like have more of a focus on work for the fire risings um, with the earth risings, whereas before it was self, now it's turning attention to relationships and what you may need to do differently there. For air risings, if you were super work focused and really ambitious um, with the solar eclipse energy, now it's reeling it back in and focusing more on like your emotions, how you can make time for rest and reflection. And then finally with water signs, it's if you were um, very self focused, like these are my hobbies, these are my interests, I want to prioritize my own goals. Now it's seeking that balance in relationships. Like how do I compromise with someone or still be mindful of the other people in my life. Yeah. And there is some overlap because it is eclipse season. You may have seen some of these themes, but by then you might also have some aha moments. You might have some realizations or just kind of that those areas of your life are coming more into balance and you might get some new insights of how you can better navigate them together going forward. Whereas we talked about the Scorpio solar eclipse being about beginnings but also endings and having this low energy quality of maybe not knowing exactly what is to form next in that part of your life the the Taurus lunar eclipse is definitely different because it tends to bring up a lot of activity um, developments things becoming more visible in the Taurus world house of your chart so it's not so much about this like new beginning it's more of like this is how far I've come in this part of my chart. These are realizations I'm making about what I need to do next there. And just noticing a lot of, a lot of activity come up and like forward momentum. Mm, Yeah. I want to say things are a lot more obvious too. Yeah. So, so yeah, definitely seeing things, whereas the other eclipse may have been internal shifts. Maybe you're seeing, wow, this was really obvious or you're at least seeing some progress or actually getting some, 
yeah, some insights or other information come come to light. Yeah, and that, whatever is like coming to light in that part of your chart or developments happening there will continue to unfold over the next six months until the next set of eclipses in the spring of 2023. So again, like it often isn't that the major events happen right at the eclipses. I mean, sometimes they do, but sometimes it takes a few months for these things to unfold. But yeah, so if you aren't seeing that obvious manifestation in the Taurus world part of your chart right on November 8th, give it like a few weeks to a few months. Yeah, hang tight, (laughs) I would say. Because I think that's so important you mentioned that because I know I get people being like, oh, nothing happened. It's not like nothing will ever happen. You just, there's everything builds on one another with eclipses. So just don't worry about that. Yeah, especially because Mars retrograde again is like still going on till January 12th. So definitely with these set of eclipses, it, I just feel like this concrete things that are meant to happen with them are not taking hold yet. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know, we talked about this more in like the specific episode on the eclipses, but that like, um, A signature aspect of the Taurus lunar eclipse is that the moon is conjunct Uranus and it's square Saturn, but also that same week. So November 6th through 11th, we have like Sun, Mercury and Venus all coming into a square with Saturn as well. So that kind of like week that that lunar eclipse happens, that Saturnian energy can be kind of tricky. Like it might be that there's a lot of responsibilities that are weighing on you at that time, or you're having to face the reality of a certain situation or a relationship in your life and not, I don't know if there's anything you've been like fantasizing about or like wishing that something would happen. This is kind of the time where it's like, no, look at who this person is or what this situation is for like in the present moment, if that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Like a big reality check for this full moon lunar eclipse. And and also I would say like maybe some tough love in your relationships as well. Like just because it is also squaring Venus and the moon, like you might feel this one a little bit heavy, even though you very well might be seeing things more clearly. It could also be something that maybe you don't necessarily want to see or something that just you're kind of, needing to see for your in in the long term things will kind of like pan out and make more sense yeah venus square saturn is definitely a make it or break it period for a relationship so if you've been in like a situationship with someone and you sense that it's not going anywhere probably there's that need to do something about it that week of november 6th through the 11th i would also say if there's any work you've been putting off or procrastinating on like something bigger you need to do but you're always like oh i'll do it at another time like i have forever saturn often brings in this quality of like <laughs> yeah. saturn brings in this quality of like time is running out i need to do this now so that could be a great time to be a lot more productive than usual or finally get to whatever you've been putting off Mm. Yeah, that's a positive quality of it that it kind of helps you to like get up off the couch and be like, oh my gosh, I have to get this done. I have to act now because I mean, yes, it is kind of a challenging, frustrating even transit to have there, but I think it will help you if you're like really wanting to just act and get something done or create a plan. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm like thinking about my calendar that week, like November 10th and 11th (laughs) are the busiest days of the entire like fall for me. I'm like, we're, I'm, I'm getting a little nervous for that second week of November. 
Mm, yeah I, I mean like luckily when you know astrology at least you can prepare for it so you mm-hmm. know like leading up to that takes some time yeah definitely okay so after the lunar eclipse we get into the middle of the month and planets start moving into Sagittarius pretty quickly so Venus moves into Sagittarius on November 16th followed by Mercury on the 17th and then on the 21st Venus and Mercury meet up in Sagittarius. We'll talk about that in a second. But on the 22nd, the sun also moves into Sagittarius. So between the 16th and 22nd of November, all three of these, Venus, Mercury, and the sun, move out of Scorpio into Sag. Yeah, and you will really, really notice this shift because, I mean, when the season shifts plus those other two planets being there from a Scorpio season to Sagittarius it's like feeling things so incredibly deeply and then just being a, just wanting to take that heavy coat off and be like okay where am I how can I move forward with a little bit more ease and not take things maybe so seriously or maybe you're just wanting to not be so regimented and like trying to find more balance for yourself in that aspect. Yeah, going from a water sign season to a fire sign season is so noticeable. Um, I like that you brought in like feeling heavier during Scorpio season and then switching to Sagittarius is like, that's kind of the more, that's one of the most like optimistic signs in the Zodiac of having, I don't know, just like being very interested in obtaining new knowledge and having new experiences and just like brushing off things that aren't bothering you. Like Sagittarius is always looking at life with like the glass half full mentality of what's the learning lesson here? Why was this necessary? So not feeling things as negatively, maybe. Mm, I guess, you know, it's not like to bash on Scorpio, I would want to say, because it is true that things do just feel heavier. And so like acknowledging that, but also Scorpio season helps you to focus on those things that oftentimes throughout the year, you just want to kind of put under the rug and so I think the beauty in going from that where you're really zoomed in on okay let's take a look at these things let's like lay it out on the counter and like zoom in then Sagittarius season helps you to zoom out and so together you kind of can see okay these are the details and this is the bigger picture so I think it really contrasts well and it might help you also to just zoom out a little bit in your life or any problem you've been fixating on and maybe see things in a different light. Yeah, Sagittarius is so focused on the bigger picture Um, and also themes pertaining to like education, writing, travel, publishing, speaking, like leaning more into spiritual beliefs and figuring out like, what do you stand for? What what is like the greater meaning in life? Those are all thoughts or themes that may come up as we shift into Sagittarius season at the end of the month. I just always love how Sagittarius season lines up with Thanksgiving and that's like one of the most traveled days in in, in the whole year for the U.S. Oh, and that's interesting. it's literally Sagittarius season where people are traveling a lot more. Well, not only Thanksgiving, it's like it marks the start of like holiday season where mm-hmm. everyone is mingling and socializing throughout early December until Capricorn season on December 20th. Like that's such a social um, kind of like rambunctious time of the year. Yes. So definitely all those themes will come up and you'll just like notice the shift from water to fire, even the elements. It's so different. Yes. Okay. Um, 
I wanted to mention like on November 23rd, so right after Sagittarius season begins, there's a new moon in Sagittarius. So I love how we kick off this season with that new moon right away. It's like that kind of closes out that whole eclipse cycle that's been going on since the end of October because it's the first lunation after the eclipses. It's like, here's this brand new, fresh Sagittarius themed Mm -hmm. energy. Yeah, and definitely it's cool how it starts right away with Sagittarius season, like you said. it's It will definitely help to just get the ball rolling, even feeling just that busy energy and just feeling such a shift right off the bat. Yeah, so if you want to set new intentions, new goals, have more build upon certain opportunities or relationships in your life, you're going to want to do that around the new moon in Sagittarius. Um, I also love how the ruler of Sagittarius, Jupiter, stations direct in Pisces, the Mm -hmm. sign it rules, also on November 23rd. So that's like such a great, like the, it goes from having like the ruler of that Scorpio solar eclipse, Mars, about to station retrograde in Gemini, like not a sign it's the most comfortable in, to having this new moon in Sagittarius with the ruler not retrograde in its home sign where it can function to its full capacity. So hopefully that Sagittarius new moon will be pretty optimistic and bring in opportunities for growth and expansion in the Sagittarius world part of your chart. Yeah, I think with with that, you might just be experiencing the full power of Sagittarius where you are feeling more optimistic, but also like you might be able to see possibilities that you wouldn't have even considered even remotely possible, even like a couple months ago. So allowing yourself with this new moon really to let go of limiting beliefs or really seeing obstacles as these opportunities can be really powerful for that new moon. Yeah, there's also um, just looking at aspects the new moon's making. It's not making any major aspects to other planets, but at that same time, Mercury and Venus are pretty much exactly conjunct in Sagittarius. So there is this like, um, I don't know, I feel like Mercury-Venus conjunctions that happened a while back earlier this fall um, in the sign of Virgo, I believe. Um, But that can be a period where it's just easier to socialize and mingle with people and trade ideas and relationships. Or you may be doing like a lot of creative thinking and want to do creative writing or come up with all these ideas for maybe videos you want to make or podcasts you want to start. So really good for any communication-based projects. Mm, Yeah, very creative energy. I feel like for the second half of the month, that just kind of helps you if you've been feeling stuck there or having like writer's block or... Also, if you've just been finding it difficult to socialize or that's been tricky in some way, that might kind of help ease conversations or even just help the holidays just to be a little easier if if any conversations with people is usually trickier. It'll just ease the relationships. Mm -hmm. And then we get to the last couple days of the month. Um, I don't want to talk here too much because we did cover it a lot in Mars Retrograde episode, Mm -hmm. but we start to get... Planets move into an opposition with Mars and Gemini. So Mercury and Venus and then the sun start to reach the like mid to late degrees of Sagittarius and they come into an opposition with Mars and Gemini. Um, so maybe getting some perspective on the themes that have been weighing on you throughout the first part of the Mars retrograde. And maybe it's like, maybe there's an aha moment in there where you're getting an idea of what you want to put your energy into moving forward throughout like the rest of December or even like getting an idea of what 
you'll take action on and initiate once that Mars retrograde lifts in the middle of January. Mm. And also maybe feeling a bit frustrated. I know Mm -hmm. I feel like I've mentioned that word a lot throughout this episode because November, that's like a big theme, but that doesn't have to be a bad thing. So like this could give you perspective on those themes, but also this could bring up difficulty or conflict in relationships or needing to have a conversation or needing, but like not in a bad way because with Mercury and Venus there, it might, as we said, help to ease conversations, help to ease relationships and compromise and pave the way for that forward. So yeah, I don't think it's anything to be afraid of, but definitely being mindful that there could be some conversations that need to be had. I feel like people will have very strong opinions that they want to assert sometimes Mm -hmm. aggressively at this time because Sagittarius is such an opinionated like I have these beliefs and this is my knowledge on the world and you should listen to me like that's kind of the more negative trait of Sagittarius as a sign and having that contact with Mars kind of aggravates that energy a bit. Yeah or maybe needing to kind of open your mind a bit more see during this time, everyone might be feeling that the things they believed before, they're getting new information. So definitely being open to that. Yeah, the mutable sign, like Sagittarius and Gemini. Yeah, mutable signs is so much about like being flexible to new ideas, new opinions, or different paths your life could take. So open-minded. Being open-minded is key at the end of the month. Um, The one last thing we wanted to mention is Mars and Gemini around November 28th through the 30th forms an exact trine to Saturn and Aquarius. So again, another great aspect for whereas like Mars was in that square with Neptune throughout a large part of the beginning of November and late October, now that it's moved out of that Neptune aspect and is making that harmonious trying to Saturn, it's like less kind of like chaos or not being sure of where to direct your energy and more of like, I'm a bit more focused. I can work at something um, that has like, I can work more long-term at something and be patient about seeing results. Yeah, being much more deliberate on what actions you're taking. So by the end of the month, maybe you finally have that plan in place and you're able to start really working at it or chipping away at it because it will be something likely more long term. And so I think even just keeping that in mind the whole month, like even starting out, if you feel like there's something, a really big goal or a really big change you want to happen in your life acknowledging that that might not just happen and plop in your lap like you might actually have to really plan something out or work toward it with with the energy that we're seeing so being patient yes so to recap like if we're looking at November as a whole (laughs) I would say the first part of the month is definitely it's not easy it might be a lot trickier or frustrating but by the end of the month I do feel like things get a lot better and you will be feeling better about yourself more optimistic and things might be flowing a little bit easier around that time Mm -hmm. yeah there's definitely a lot of confusion especially coming off the end of October there's just so many different moving parts and energies at play so um yeah I agree Alice I feel like the end of the month things will come together so sitting with the unknown the first two weeks at least of the month can be really helpful and just knowing you will get that clarity if you're willing to like really work with these transits and use them to the the more positive natures that they have yeah I'm always like 
whenever I see these like trickier periods in astrology, I wish I just wish I could like press fast forward. No, <laughs> obviously you can't. And the trickier moments are sometimes positive. Like you may learn something mm. really important in the first half of November. Mm, oh my gosh, I'm already feeling that. Like I know it's not November when we're recording this, but I'm already like, okay, I've already had so many lessons come up. Um, mm-hmm. So I get that. It's like no more, but actually they do help you so much when you look back on it. And I know that's annoying, an annoying thing to hear, but like in my own life, whenever I look back at those times that were so frustrating, it's like, oh, okay, I see the lesson. Like, <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so that is November. Um, Thank you guys for listening. Yes, and we'll be back next week with a new episode. Bye.